Freebird. You're not ever supposed to stop that song, but it's still three more minutes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's jump in to our discussion on free will today. This is part two, right? I told you that we had to come back and discuss this. Shout out to all the uh, uh, Mr. Waters out there. That was, I didn't see it yet, but it sounded like it was great. Uh, what? Yeah, I heard it was really good. A good good year. It was a good year. So well done for the children. Um, as we look at uh, the great divorce this coming week, I want to encourage you to at least read those opening chapters. They're strange, but don't miss it. It's an amazing book. Yes. Do we have a quiz on? Technically, yeah. I think it's like block day this week, or when we get to it. Yeah. It's the, the first couple chapters, just read, just true or false quiz, pretty straightforward. Uh, layers of free will, parfait, page 107. Let's go through the five layers and then let's do one last thing and then we'll just move on in class. I mean, I'm fine with that, so we don't need to keep pounding it in. Uh, I'll pray, I'll pray for us. Lord, thank you uh, for this opportunity to be here for another week. Bless our efforts here to make some sense out of this. Guide us in our understanding and in your truth. Uh, I pray that we could find more and more freedom as we learn more about who you are and how you set up our world. In your name, Jesus, amen. All right, let's do the layers in review. Ready? Either your cherry on top uh, with whipped cream layer, or like it's the granola layer, or whatever, or you got your brownie layer, like top or bottom. I don't care. I don't care what layer it is, but what is layer number one? That's layer number two. Yeah, so layer, that's fine. You're good. But layer number one is what is God's will for us to what? Have free will. Everybody catch that. Because if you miss that layer, you really kind of miss the whole thing. God's will is for us to be free. Everybody got that? What's layer number two? What does he want us to do with our freedom? What's his will for us? To choose good. God's will is for us to use our given free will to choose to do good with our free will. What's layer number three? Yeah, does, does everybody choose good? No, so do people choose evil? And the third layer here is that God allows evil. Lewis himself says right here that giving them free will, though it makes evil possible, is the only thing that makes possible any love, goodness, or joy worth having. In order to have good choices in layer number two, we have to be free, layer number one. But because of those two layers, if we're actually free, it means we could choose evil and have potentially demonic beings chosen evil can they choose to do that against us yes are there humans who choose evil 
Yeah, don't we, we don't need demons in order for humans to choose evil. Satan just does exist and he messes with a lot of things, right? Got it? Most people stop there. Most pastors, even a bunch of theologians, they stop there and like, see, that's why God made free will is so that we could have real good. But yes, it makes evil possible. Please don't stop there. I think going into these other layers are really important. Quite frankly, I think this is where my bad pun was. Where I found my most freedom <laughs> is when I take the free will two more layers. What's layer number four? Layer number one, free will is his will. Layer number two, choosing good is his will. Layer number three, he allows evil. We're free to choose evil. Layer number four, he can fix all the evil that he allows, right? Come on, right? <laughs> if he couldn't, he's a what? Uh, he's a jerk. Any being who is allowing evil that can't handle it is cruel. It's incompetent. Right? God is omnipotent. <laughs> he's omnipotent, which means what? All powerful. He's all creative. He's all powerful. So can he take the evil that is done and redeem it, heal it, fix it, work it out for good? Now, do we call the evil good then? No. Evil is evil. Bad is bad. My dad dying in a car accident, bad. <laughs> Please don't ever say, oh, but the God, he used that for good, so it must have been good. No, <laughs> my dad dying in a car accident is bad, period. <laughs> Did God take something bad and redeem that in my life and in the life of my family? Well, yes, God took a human being getting nailed to a cross and used it to save the world. Great. Don't say that a human getting nailed to some wood is good. Crucifixion is not good. Got it? It's evil. But did God use it for good? for the greater good. Are we tracking? We good? Yes? Still not there yet. Now, I appreciate that. That's where I was like, oh. That's where we all go. Ready? Okay. Yes, he's allowing evil, but he can handle it. Do I trust him? Huh. But there's still one more layer. I actually think this is an important layer. A lot of people don't really like this layer, but there's one more layer. Does God want to redeem and heal and fix all of the evil in the world? Yeah, but he f if he forced that redemption on people, it would do what? Take away what? Their free will, which is premise number one. So can he force his healing on you? Can he force redemption on you? Can he force to make things all good in your life? You might want him to, but actually if he forced it on you, then it would take away your freedom so layer number five is, have you let God redeem the things in your life? Yes or no? You might shut the door, actually. Is that okay? Not that we're hiding this. I just want to get distracted. But that last layer has a, is kind of a loaded question then, isn't it? There's even more layers after that. But you see that last one? It's important to get to that part of free will because it's directly connected to it. I know people in my life who have been horribly abused and I've even met abusers right 
had dinner with them and I've talked about these situations. It's horrifying stuff, right? I have some people in my life who have worked with God to find redemption and healing. I also have people who I know and love who hate God and have pushed God away and are left to their own to try and redeem and heal their situation. Fair enough? God can't make you let him love you and help you. Questions, thoughts, or comments there? We talked about the tension then. And by the way, is there a pretty pink bow on the end of this now? And look at all the sprinkles on top. Like, is there still evil in this world? Is it real? Are there people who reject redemption of it? That sucks too. Done. Like, right? <laughs> and there's our layers. And so it ends with, and it also ends with incredible hope because is there real evil in the world? Yes. Is there a God who can handle it? Does he love you and want to help you and redeem all of the stuff in your life? Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's where we had the whole, can he redeem any of it? And all of it. Yes, can he? Is he redeeming all of it? Will he redeem all of it? Yay. <laughs> Woo. Okay, we're good. There is real hope here. Um. Uh, we can kind of end the concept there. Uh, does anybody have any questions on how that works then? I think that's where we were on Friday. Why do we have to do this in worldview? Lots of reasons. Let's make sure we catch this. You may not be satisfied with that answer for Christians. You may not like it. I know a lot of people, actually, who don't like it. They're like, well, why did God make this? Day? He's going to allow all these evil, like evil, evil things that people do to each other. Demonic possessions is, is cruel and evil. I don't think it's worth it. I don't, I don't <coughs> like that. Well, I usually do go two routes with those people. The first one is I often hug them or at least sit with them or cry with them. Because is there some real evil and some horrible, horrible pain? And will some logical argument take that pain away? No, not necessarily. Fair enough. So before you try to use this to just solve someone's pain problem, at least at least do what Jesus did, which is to enter into the pain. But if they want to have a conversation about it, I think it can be fruitful to do this. Okay, so you don't like the Christian answer. A good God who allows evil but is willing to redeem it. Right? If you don't like that, well then go to monism. How do, we how do we define evil in the world then? What do we do with all the evil that people do to each other and that happens in our world? Everybody is what? God. So in the Christian worldview, is God causing the evil? No. Is he allowing it? But causation and allowing are very different, right? In monism, who is actually causing the evil? God is. If God is everything and there's evil in the world, then who's doing the evil? God. Does that help our situation? Honestly, most people find that that's a harder one to deal with. Let's go to materialism. Let's go to atheism. We've chopped God out. 
If we don't like a God who allows evil, fine, get rid of God. We still have what in our world? We still have evil. We still have abuse. We still have bullying. So now we still have sickness and disease, right? So now how do we deal with the pain and suffering in the world? Where did it come from? It's all cause and effect random. So your pain and suffering is all random cause and effect. How do you get out of it? Death. Actually, yeah, how do you get out of it? Either positive, random, cause and effect things that help you, or you're stuck in it, or you die. And then let's say you get out of your suffering by dying. Then you're just what? Nothing. You're just dead. So did your suffering have any... But, but how, does your suffering have any redemption or meaning to it? No. No, it's just you suffer and die. This is nihilism at its core. But it's, it's, it's brutal. Unless you were one of the lucky few who either had enough money or some, you got lucky in this world before you died. But then you died, anyways. So does that solve the problem of evil? Now your pain and suffering is meaningless and absurd and you have no control of it and you actually don't have control to get out of it either. Oh, and by the way, there is no God to help you who is more powerful than you and the evil to help you with it. Is that a better option? It kind of sounds like a crutch. It's like, it's, isn't it interesting how most people call... Are you saying Christianity sounds like a crutch? Yeah. Oh, it sounds like one. When you have a broken leg, though, what would you use? Crutch. There you go. Sweet. Our crutch is bad. No. Okay. <laughs> That's not a... It's a direct correlation. Anybody who calls God a crutch, fine. Uh, when I have a broken leg, I use a crutch. <laughs> yeah. What's the world? The world's what? Broken. Who do we need? God. It's a lot easier to prove the world exists than God, though. No, you're right. I agree. But then, what do we? Uh, this is in the argument. Stay in the argument. The argument's about evil. Did yeah. we? Did we make it better by taking the crutch away? No. There's still the. There's still the broken leg. Do you have a broken leg with a crutch or a broken leg without a crutch? Your choice. That, does that make sense? Yeah. I think we have to push, we're just, I'm not trying to stiff arm anybody into Christianity. Let's just put them all on the table and look at the options. Let's go to Buddhism and idealism. What do we do there? Though, is the world suffering? Is there suffering? Yes, what do you got to do with it? You don't redeem it or fix it. You just what? You escape it or you stay in it, stay in the big group discussion. You escape it or you deny it. It's not real. Or karma, karma cycle, whose fault is it? Yours. Does that solve the problem? So here's what I want us to realize is I think this conversation is essential, like you're doing here. Like It's essential to have it in the context of worldview. Because who has to deal with evil and pain and suffering? Everybody does. And if you don't like the option of having a crutch or having a God who can just fix it all, that's fine. You still have to deal with what though? <laughs> Evil. <laughs> you got to deal with it, right? So that, that's kind of what I wanted to get to. Is it's, it doesn't like, oh, now that God's gone, there's no evil. It's like, no, you just don't have a God to help you. Yeah. Fair enough? Yeah. So I actually think here's where I was going to throw this out there. Like, we can't stop there. I'd like to do one more thing and then we'll be done. But I think this is really important. Lewis talks about it briefly. I, I think we need to take at least five more minutes on it. Of course God knew what would happen if they used their freedom the wrong way. Right? If. <laughs> How about 
when <laughs> yeah here's the here's the line apparently he thought it worth the risk is it is it worth the risk I already talked to you about like careful asking someone who's been brutalized and tortured or hurt or a victim oh yeah but look God God wants real love that's why he allows real evil sorry about your sucky hard life but isn't it worth it what will they often justifiably say? No, I've had someone look me in the face and like, I wish God never made me. I'd rather not exist than exist with all the pain I exist with. I want to die. I, I hate God for making humans who can hurt each other. Are we tracking? Like, we already talked about going there. But, but wait, we have, to, we have to at least entertain that thought then. Is the evil very real? Yes. Well, what about the good, though? Is the good that exists worth it? Now, I, Gun, do you mind if I use you as an example here? Yes. All right, I'll, I'll trust you. I think you trust me, right? Now, I do not know your dating relationship at all. Is there one right now? Sort of, yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. Sort of. All right. Very nice. Is this person at Wheaton Academy? Yeah. Okay. Is it okay if we still move forward? I'm talking about junior senior banquet. Is that all right? All right. Okay. So, all right. Now, I actually did first time ever. I did it uh, second period with the people who were dating in the room. I didn't know that they were. So, but we went with it, and they they, they navigated it just fine. So here we go. Gun. Uh, was just we're gonna do all now hypothetical. I just wanted to say like I don't know what's going on in his life, so it's not like we planned something here. I was just picking student who I figured could handle the scenario. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna go junior senior banquet. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys at least have Haltrop, which is amazing. Run with it. Do what you want with the banquet, though. Let's just kind of run with the fact that it's a party for you to celebrate getting through high school and to launch you off into what's next, right? And oftentimes people take dates, which is kind of fun way to do it. Uh, let's say that Gunn had this eye, his eyes on a girl that he's been wanting to ask since freshman year, right? Now, again, I don't know, but we everybody kind of go there in the scenario. You've like been wanting to ask, haven't said no. I'm sorry, haven't asked them yet. Other banquets, maybe some other things. Kind of big friends. And you're like, wait, I got six weeks left. Like, we're going to graduate. Ah, <laughs> shoot. And so Gunn gets up the courage, asks her. She says, no. What? Are you guys kidding me? No. <laughs> she says, she yes. says yes. Of course she says yes. She'd be crazy not to, right? So there you go. So she says yes. And uh, you that it's gonna happen. We got the. She's happy. You're happy. She's looking great. You're looking sharp, right? Every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man, right? Yes. Make a song about it. All right. So let's just kind of play this scenario out here. You've looked forward to this. You're really excited about it. And you know what? You both look great. And it's a great time. Whole drop just goes over the top, like he always does. And it's fun. It's just good fun. And. That part goes well, move on to the, after the whole trap thingy, and you guys have a great time. And you're like, man, she's even cooler than I thought, right? Like, it's just going so well, yeah? Evening's basically over, you drive her home, all right? Pull into the driveway, you get out, take her up to the door. She goes inside, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not gonna fill in that part. Maybe she goes inside, all right, and uh, the evening's over, and it went, it went what? It was awesome. Now it went more than well. It was, it was awesome. It was like wow, 
I didn't. This is why we do this type of stuff. It's supposed to be super cool and really fun and and a blast. And so you're not even like touching the ground on the way back to the car. You're like floating back to the car, right? And you get in the car and are you like, yes? Are you that type of, yeah? Crank the tunes. Yeah, sure. Crank the tunes. Like yes. All right. Feeling good. Back out of the driveway. You're pulling down the road and at her house. She's got this massive picture window in the front. You're like, oh, wait, there she is. Like, you see her, right? And her dad walks into the room. You're like, oh, wait, slow down. Like, dad and daughter, right? And you're close enough to see them chatting. And he says, thanks so much for doing that. He pulls out his wallet and flakes out $1,000 and says he really needed that. Nice job. That was really kind of you to do that. She's like, thanks, Dad, and gives him a high five and goes upstairs. <laughs> Wait, what? Did something change? Wait, did something change? Could I at least get half of it? Yeah! <laughs> I love it. No, that would never happen. But wait. Now, those of you, I really, come on, give me three minutes of your life, right? For real. Check in. Check in, check in. For you, would that... Would that change things? Oh, yeah, Any of you in that scenario, would something change there? Yeah. Now, I want you guys to see if you get that. What what changes? What What's the shift all of a sudden? It was all fake. What was fake? Now, it happened. It was real. You had fun. But what, you guys, come on. Stay in this. Once you found out what? It wasn't her She's paid off. It changes the choice. It changes the whole thing. It totally changes the whole night. It changes the whole relationship. It changes everything. Do you guys get that? Do we get it? What if I found out that my wife is being paid to be my wife? Weird. Hey, it's weird. But would that change the marriage? Yeah. What if you found out that your friend who sits at you with you at lunch is getting paid by Wheaton Academy a scholarship to sit by you every day at lunch? You're like, and now, but now what's happening? We're all starting to like, wait, what? You find out that your friend is being paid to be your friend. You find out that the person who came to your birthday party had to come. You're like, you guys, does it change something? I want you guys to all. In the classroom, I want you guys all to catch this. We get it with a banquet. You guys, you get it with a high school banquet. You get it with lunch with your friend. You get it with a date. Do you think God gets this? No, for real. Do you think he gets it? Does he want to pay you off to get you to love him? No. Right? So first off, for him to force you to love him, that's not love. Monism, like it's not love. If he, you ha we have to be free. There has to be a real choice in it. But I think some of you might be learning why, not what grace is, why God saves us completely by grace. He saves you, and then what's off the table? Any more hell for you? Any more condemnation? Nope, it's all off the table. Do you have to do anything for God? Nope. Do you even have to love Him back? Nope. He will save you. So now you are free to what? Love him or not love him? Do you, do you, he gets it. He doesn't want to make you love him. Actually, do you even have to love God at all? You are free to reject him. Right? Are there people who do that? Yeah. 
It's real. Right? Here's the thing. You have all said that someone loving you and choosing to love you, you've all done it, is better than the alternative. Right? So is it, at the core here, is it worth the risk? Is real love worth it? Apparently so. At least God thinks so. And most humans would agree. But what happens when we start trying to solve that problem of pain? Uh, I, I, it's interesting. I've been here long enough and been in enough meetings. <laughs> I'm laughing. I can't tell these stories without laughing because they're real. They're actually true. But uh, I've been in a couple of meetings about junior senior banquet with angry parents and, and even teachers or administrators who are like, but, but my kid didn't get asked. They got rejected. Or somebody asked and someone said no. And like, we can't let that happen at this school. It's so painful, which by the way, seriously, no, no. is it painful to get rejected? Maybe not over junior, senior, but maybe actually I've been rejected before. It really hurts. Or does it hurt to not get asked? There are many people in our world who've been hurt. So I've actually been in a meeting where someone suggested <laughs> that the bolts and the hockets and the Burek's Get, take the juniors and the senior lists and just match up everybody for them so that everybody gets picked. Because that'll solve it, right? Real meeting. No, it didn't happen. I was at... I was at... No, you guys, would that... You Is it painful to be rejected? Is it painful to be rejected? Is it painful to not get asked? So can we solve that pain by... Picking everybody for them? Does that solve the pain? No. Actually, guess which, guess which meeting we have more than that one? Several people do this. There's even, well, I won't give you this. There's people who will say, here's how we'll solve the pain of the rejection around people getting picked or not picked. We just won't have a banquet. Wait, does that solve the problem? Get rid of the party? Now there's no what? Party. <laughs> So we'll get rid of the party to deal with the pain? Does that work? No. Now remember, try and be careful trying to solve the pain. God knows that there's pain here. Now he redeems it and heals it. But the pain of rejection, the pain of not getting chosen, that's very real. And then all the other pain on our planet, very real pain. But watch out just trying to like get rid of the pain. If you get rid of the pain, you're going to get rid of the party. You're going to get rid of free will. You're going to get rid of real choice. Because doesn't it feel great to actually be picked? It, come on. It, it really does. Like It's really amazing when someone chooses to love you. It's really powerful. Right? God gets that. He set it up this way. Um, I think it's intriguing when we try to solve that out, what we lose. And, and I would challenge you to really consider this. This might sound cliche. Well, the cliche is there for a reason. When it comes to junior, senior banquet, people don't get picked, or birthday parties, or whatever, or dates, or marriage. People sometimes get picked, or they don't get picked. Hurts. When it comes to the kingdom of God, who did God pick? For real. For God so loved the world. He loves everybody, and he picks who? 
Everybody. Everybody got picked by God. Here's the interesting thing. Every human gets picked by God. Does every human pick him back? No. He gets rejected all the time. He can handle it. I have a hunch it still hurts. Because he really loves his creation. How much? He, he died for us. Zephaniah says he dances over us with joy and singing. He knows our names. He wants us to live with him forever in a loving relationship. But in order for it to be loving, it has to be real for you to pick. The sad thing is, uh, does every human pick God back? So I was studying the great divorce. Do people choose God? No, a lot of them don't. Okay. But he can't force it. This is where, whatever you do with America, the, the concept of freedom is a very powerful concept. It's, it's, it's who we are. It's, it's what God set up in the kingdom for us, for us to be free to choose him or not. That's why any religion that uses shame or guilt or manipulation or coercion or fear, that's not kingdom. Jesus doesn't use that stuff. Your church, if it's using guilt and shame, God doesn't do that, right? People who hang hell over your salvation, Jesus doesn't do that, right? If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed, free to even reject God. All right, thanks for listening. Hopefully that was helpful on some level. Because what it does is it doesn't just give us what free will is or what grace is. For me, what I like about it is it shows why. Why did God make freedom? Why does he save us by grace? All right, questions, thoughts, comments? So now at the end of the day, at the end of the lesson, there's a few things lingering then. Have you used your free will? to let God redeem the pain and suffering in your life? Have you used your free will to choose God back? You don't have to. You can reject him. He won't force himself on you. Right? And, uh, you know, if you want to pursue that further, happy to chat. Or maybe you, you should go chat with someone about what that looks like and what that means. Um, but I like this lesson because it, it ends up being very, very practical and very real. I think for some of you as well, then, how can you help people in your life ask God for healing and help and redemption? How can you be an agent for that and uh, encourage people to not reject God? How's my timing? Got about... 10 more minutes. I'm I'm good with the free will thing unless you guys have other things. Clear enough for now? Cool. All right. Um